is a, is a unique day in the calendar year. It's, it's the day that Voice of Martyrs, uh, Voice of the Martyrs and Open Door Ministry, I don't know if you've heard of either of those, they're both organizations that function with the persecuted church that try and bring awareness to Christian persecution that goes on around the globe. This is the day out of the year where they ask churches to pray for those who are being persecuted internationally. It's a real thing, right? Christian persecution around the world is a real thing. And you can go and, and go on Voice the Martyrs website or Open Doors and you can read story after story, horrendous thing after horrendous thing that happens, all because someone will not denounce the name of Jesus. See, we meet freely here, right? We do. I mean, we're, we're gathered together. You pull your car in. Everything's great. You walk in. You see everybody. It's a time of, of, of just rejoicing together and celebrating. We're not worried one bit about someone breaking down the door and coming in. You're not worried one bit that somebody sitting in the sanctuary could be a secret government spy who was sent to find who are the Christians so we can make their life miserable. That's real stuff. Those are real scenarios that happen. I was reading about a church this week. They meet together inside of a home. And the Christians almost have to be careful of those who come in. Because the government intentionally sends, trains and sends people to try and infiltrate these home churches. So they can find out who attends them. And they can be persecuted for that. So today we're going to take a couple of minutes before we move into our message and we're going to pray for the persecuted church. Would you pray with me? Lord, the scripture tells us that if one member of the body suffers, that we all do. Lord, today we remember those who are living in persecution. Those who are in North Korea in labor camps because of their faith. Those who have lost family because of their faith. Those who live in constant concern and fear of being arrested, imprisoned, beaten. Lord, we realize that around the globe, persecution happens in every country. And Lord, today on behalf of our brothers and sisters in every nation of the world, we pray. We come before you and, and we ask for strength. Lord, we realize the future is in your hands, and, and that, that must be our perspective as believers. And Lord, I pray that you help us to understand that. To grasp that. Knowing that at times, Lord, you allow persecution to happen for certain reasons. And you can use persecution to bring your plan to full fruition. And so, Lord, today we pray for those who are being persecuted. And we pray that you strengthen them. That they can minister to those around them. Whether it's the guards that are keeping them in prison. Or the people that they're in prison beside. We pray for those who are meeting in home churches out of fear for their lives, Lord, that you would give them confidence to continue to proclaim the name of Christ boldly. 
and that they would function as a spark to ignite a fire pointing people to you. Lord, their pain should be our pain, and it's so easy for us to go throughout our lives being unaware of what's going on in other parts of the world, but Lord, give us a passion to pray for our family. In Jesus' name, amen. Both Voice of the Martyrs and Open Door, um, you can go on their website. And uh, Open Door actually lists the 50, top 50 countries that are uh, dangerous or opposed to Christianity. It's a very interesting thing to know and to read. It can give you uh, exact things to pray for, different prayer requests that are going on in different nations where they actually can't use the names of people out of concern for their safety in those countries. Um, it's a very easy thing to do. And we're told to do that. We're told to pray. Today we're going to talk a little bit about persecution, um, but before, before that, and this will be the last time that you hear me talk about this, um, but I, there's something happening on Tuesday, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but something's happening on Tuesday, right? I don't think it's overestimating and stating this is the most important election for the de determining the direction of the country and within our lifetime. Um, I read a, a very sad statistic recently which stated that 25 million um, self-described Christians do not plan to vote. Let me encourage you to not be one of those people. Um, this election will be felt for years to come and, and if you don't know anything about the candidates, educate yourself. Educate yourself. We, we have these are completely free to you. The Pennsylvania Family Council, which is such a great organization. They really are. Um, but, but they have so much information here about different candidates and how if, if, if you're not looking for one of these candidates, there's other information in other places that you can go and find. Please take one. They're free. And I pray that they help guide you in your decision. Read the platforms. Look at the records. Don't just believe what you hear and ultimately fall on your knees in prayer and seek direction from the Holy Spirit. Thank you to all who came out and prayed on Wednesday. It was a special day, it was. I mean, it was almost all day people were trickling in from 5.50 in the morning, 5.50 in the morning, all the way up until 6 p.m. It was a great time, it was a great time. You know, what we experience here in the United States is persecution is very different than other parts of the world. You heard me talk about it a little bit in the beginning. We're, we're not meeting here today and uh, we're not afraid that somebody's going to break down the doors, right? That we're not worried that there's somebody out in the parking lot taking down people's license plate numbers or that, that you know, there's, there's a new person here in church today and they just might be a government spy who's looking to ruin our lives and maybe imprison us all. But there is persecution that exists in America. But it's important for us to understand that there are people who have to worship in homes secretly out of fear for their own livelihood. Recently we've, we've heard the question brought more and more of when is great persecution going to come to America? Is it here already? I think we've been seeing more and more where you hear mainline churches endorse cultural things to become relevant. Things like homosexuality, it doesn't really matter. 
How long until speaking out against it is considered hate speech? How long until telling someone that they're sinful is considered hate speech? I mean, that, think about it. What's more offensive than the gospel itself? Right? The gospel itself, which says that you're a wicked person. That says that I'm a wicked person. When does that become hate speech? How long until Christians are told that they can only keep their faith in their churches? And then it leads to you can only have your faith in your home. See, raising your kids up in a biblical way, that's, that's indoctrination. How long until holding the view that Jesus is the only way to heaven is considered Islamophobia? We live in a country with tremendous religious freedom. And I think it's functioned to our detriment in certain ways. For example, the churches in many of these countries that are persecuted are on fire. The confidence of these believers in trusting in the Lord is unmatched. But we have been so blessed to live in a country where you can state that you believe in Jesus Christ and you're not afraid of those things happening to you. Do we function with the same fire as churches in these persecuted countries? Are you willing to go and to tell your coworker that they're about to die and go to hell because they've never given their life to Jesus? Because you've been given that message. I've been given that message. But one of the things that holds people back from sharing is the fear of persecution. Well, let me tell you a couple things this morning that's really important about persecution. Because we have to understand this if we're going to grasp the gospel. Because if you don't believe that Jesus is worth being persecuted for, man, you got to read your Bible again. you got to read your Bible again. Persecution comes with the territory of being a Christian. It's part of your testimony. 2 Timothy 3.12 says this, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Persecution for your faith is a part of the Christian life. It's a guarantee. It's like when Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble, right? This prosperity gospel teaching that everything works out and everything's great and everybody's happy at the end is unbiblical. You will be persecuted for your faith if you're willing to stand for your faith. If you're willing to say, yes, Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. If you're willing and you believe that Jesus is worth it, you will be persecuted for your faith. It exists across different nations in different forms. For some people, your job might be at risk. For others, their life might be at risk. Yet persecution exists. For some, it's, it's the, it's, persecution exists within the classroom and being mocked for standing up for a biblical principle, right? John 15, 18 to 21 says this. This is Jesus speaking. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, 
the world will love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name. Because they do not know him who sent me. Jesus tells us that persecution will happen. It happens because of your faith in Jesus. I, I think at times, as Christians, and I think we, I've heard this happen in this country, is people will say, man, it really feels like Christians are made fun of more than other people, right? Like you watch TV and people are making fun of Jesus or making fun of God. Yet they don't really do that as much about other religions. Why? Because they do not know him who sent me. And because you will be persecuted for your faith. That's something that we, we have to wrap our minds around. That in order for us to stand in our faith, you're going to be persecuted for your faith. Why is it internationally people are persecuted for following Jesus? Like in communist North Korea, where Christians are put into labor camps. Or countries with uh, Islamic oppression like Somalia or Libya. We can look all around the world and we see the persecution of Christians. Nation after nation after nation after nation. Why? Well, Jesus says, listen, they, they persecuted me. They're also going to persecute you. The world hated me. They're going to hate you. But we're told to continue to carry out the gospel. Well, persecution comes with being a Christian. We're not to seek it out just for the sake of confrontation. Matthew 10, 16 to 18 says this, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore be as shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. We have to choose what battles we're going to fight. Because there are a lot of battles that you could choose to fight. Yeah, Jesus says, listen, uh, you're going to be sent out. This world is like wolves, and I'm sending you out like sheep. Now think about that for a moment. Who wins in that? Well, you'd think the wolves would win, right? Except we're told that through the power of God, anything can be accomplished. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. They're going to look to devour you. We looked last week at how the enemy is looking to steal, kill, and destroy. He moves like a roaring lion. But he says, Jesus says this, but be shrewd as snakes and be innocent as doves. Realize there are certain battles to fight and certain battles not to fight. But through it all, but through it all, remain innocent and remain blameless. See, we see again and again in scripture that there are people that are persecuted for the preaching of the gospel. We can't stop preaching. But see, I think sometimes people think that's a pastor's job to preach the gospel. That's, that's, that's a Christian's job to preach the gospel. Anyone who has truly put their faith in Jesus Christ, that's your call. That's your call. It's a bad thing when I put my own baby daughter to sleep, right? I look over and uh, it's cute. As long as Sarah's not sleeping too, I guess I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Farther down in Matthew 10, Jesus tells them not to be afraid, but to preach. 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 Within your sphere of people, preach the gospel. I'm going to tell you something here today. The best way to preach the gospel is person to person. Social media is great, I guess. But there's nothing like talking to person to person, sharing your story, how God has moved, what God's doing in your life, how God's brought you here, and don't be afraid of it. Speak freely. Jesus warns the disciples how they should go in their life in Matthew chapter 10. He says, don't attract unnecessary problems. See, the disciples were not in a place where the freedom of religion was celebrated. The message that they were carrying was contrary to the culture that existed. Yet they were to live blameless lives. See, persecution can be used by God to raise others up. Look at the end of verse 18, which says this, On my account you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. You will, you will be persecuted for your faith. I want you to be shrewd as snakes, as wise as doves. But listen, you're going to be brought before people. You're going to be persecuted for your faith. And, and here's what you can do. You can be my witness to them. It's a worldview issue. See, the world, the world wants to do everything it can to have the easiest life it can. But our worldview says this is temporary, right? This is part of eternity. And then what happens here determines the rest. The movie that we're going to watch on Saturday asks a question again and again and again throughout the movie. The question is this, is Jesus worth it? Is Jesus worth it? Is Jesus worth dropping everything you have and moving to Papua New Guinea? Is Jesus worth losing your job? Losing relationships? Is Jesus worth being made fun of? Is Jesus worth it? In my worldview says yes. And when Jesus tells them, and he says, listen, you're going to be persecuted, and you're going to get before the governors, you're going to get before the kings, and you will be my witnesses. You have the opportunity to carry your testimony to your persecutors through your witness. See, I think many times people view the persecutors as the enemy. Yet we're told to carry our testimony even to those who are persecutors. Because that's huge. That speaks of a heart condition. That speaks of grace and mercy and love where the flesh would tell us to go the complete other way. Matthew 5, 43 to 48. Again, Jesus. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and the good. He sends the rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? 
And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even Gentiles do the same. Therefore you must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Realize that God allows persecution to happen in life for different reasons. One of them could be so that you can carry your testimony to those who need to hear the gospel. Maybe right now you're going through a form of persecution in your life. The flesh response, the easy response is to view your persecutor as your enemy. Yet Jesus tells you to love your enemy and to pray for that person that's persecuting you. Story after story that you hear of, of those who were imprisoned in, in labor camps or, or captured by guerrillas. I mean, there, there's amazing stories that God does, but of people who, who look at the guards that have them captured and they pray for them and they witness to them because this is temporary, right? And Jesus can save the vilest of sinners. So we have no idea what's happening while we remain faithful to God. Why does God allow difficulties and trials? One reason is that it strengthens our faith, and we'll get to that here in a minute. But we see in Scripture that your struggle can be to lift somebody else as well. There are times that we look at people and their response to standing up in truth. And it doesn't always result the way that you would expect it to. Joseph ran away from committing adultery. His reward? prison. John the Baptist preached the gospel. He was beheaded. Peter was put in prison. He was eventually martyred. Paul put in prison. Noah ridiculed while building the ark. Mocked. I mean, you can look through scripture and find different instances of different forms of persecution. On Monday, there's a small group that meets over in the fellowship hall. And, uh, Pastor Paul was, was sharing, and, and I didn't ask him if I could say this, but I'm going to say it, and I'm going to trust that I'm okay. Um, he was talking about persecution, and one of the things that he said was, if you've been a Christian for a while, and you've never been persecuted, you need to check your uniform. That was really good. That was really good. Did I get it right? That close? Make sure you're actually playing for the right team, because persecution comes with the territory. That's part of being a Christian. Are you standing for your faith? Are you sharing the gospel with those around you? We trust that no matter what happens, God's ultimate plan comes to fruition. Romans 8.28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. We trust that no matter what happens, when we remain faithful, God is working in great and tremendous ways to bring His plan to fruition. Persecution is, is difficult. But I truly believe that persecution should draw us closer to God himself. See, it's in great times of difficulty when I think we pray like we've never prayed before. When we seek like we have never sought before. James chapter 1 verse 2 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. 
You know, one of the things I, I was uh, meeting with a couple pastors every week, and one of them, Jesse Johnson from Waterway, and um, he had been asked a question by, by someone that he had run into, and the question was this, is the church in America ready for persecution? Is the church in America ready for persecution? And so, as I was working through this, the one thing I was thinking is, is how do we prepare ourselves for persecution? Maybe, maybe at your job, there's someone that you know you need to share the gospel with, yet you know there's a great risk. How do you build the confidence to do that? How do you step out in faith? Well, I think one of the reasons that Christians shy away from persecution at times is a misunderstanding of persecution itself. See, we're told to count it all joy. Think about that. Even persecution? Why? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. It doesn't mean that, that you're happy that you're in this situation, but instead you realize that God's plan is working. It's a worldview thing. You've heard me say that over and over again. You realize that no matter where you are, God's working. He has you there for a reason. He has you there for a purpose. He's allowed this to happen because there's something greater in store. You're a part of a much larger plan. Are you faithful? Are you willing to step outside your comfort zone and trust. <coughs> Are you holding on to something today that you need to surrender in order to f fully serve Christ? Maybe it's comfort. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a hardness of heart. Maybe it's a fear of the unknown, fear of the future. One of my favorite passages in Scripture, and I'm sure you've heard me mention this before. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. And I'm going to close with this today. It says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. That's something that we should all pray on a regular basis, right? God, search my heart. Take away the things that I'm afraid of, the things that I'm struggling with, the things that I'm wrestling with, and help me to surrender fully to you. We're going to take a little detour out of our bulletin today. Bill has a song. He's going to come up and play for us, and we're going to close with that, Bill, today. And as, and as Bill's playing and singing... Let me encourage you and ask you to, to come before God with Psalm 139, 23, and 24 and to surrender that thing that you're holding on to in your heart, that thing that, that's keeping you from growing in your walk with God or stepping out even farther in faith. The words of this song speak to all of that. Come before the Lord in prayer. You're welcome to sing as well. The words will be on the screen. And I'll come up and close this after.